All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What's What BR. Today we have a new guest. We have Chris Meyer with us. Chris, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. Good to see you, Brandon. I appreciate you making some time for me today. You are at New Schools for Baton Rouge. Is that correct? And can you give us a little bit about what you do there and kind of what a normal day might look like for you over there? Yeah, well, the, nothing, nothing normal in the, the education world, unfortunately, but um, uh, started New Schools for Baton Rouge about 10 years ago uh, with a focus on trying to grow the number of high quality school options in Baton Rouge. Uh, and, and, and what we do really at its core is, is we help to attract and grow uh, proven high performing schools so that we can expand the number of options available to families, uh, high quality options available to families here in the city. Okay. And so how is that, you know, you said 10 years ago, you started this. What is it for, you know, this is primarily, you know, charter schools, right? It's, I try to, you know, I know a little bit about this. I'm trying to picture the guy who doesn't know anything whatsoever. Yeah. Like we still find even on our parenting publications that we have, we're still every year having to kind of educate people. And there are other options than just public and private. You know, people don't always get that. Yeah, no, that's that's right. I mean, you know, charter schools are another version of a public school. The, the difference is, is that at a charter school, uh, parents get to choose that school. So it's not based on where you live or, or how much money you make. Uh, any child is is able to apply to uh, any charter school they want, and and charter schools, you know, as a public school, what what's unique about them is that they're governed actually by a nonprofit board, so a local nonprofit community board, and and typically charter schools because they're independently governed. Um, those schools are able, I think, to to drive resources and kind of a response to the needs of kids in a much more streamlined and, and direct fashion than sometimes a, a, you know, a traditional public school might, or that a magnet school might. Um, these schools, I think, can just be more responsive to the individual needs of kids in their schools. And so uh, it, it's really kind of a beautiful mix in that these are schools of choice, both for educators and for, for students and families. So what is, so this is for, like I said, we're kind of taking it basically to the ground level for anybody that doesn't know. Charter schools, we have them here already. You're driving past them. People, you know, they just may not realize that that's a charter school. Like uh, Basis, I believe, is one yep. of the charter schools that's opening up. Um, what is it? Uh, we got a number of them here in town that have just kind of been. How long has it been? 10 years we've had the charter schools? Or was it 10 years ago you said, hey, we need to have some of the charter schools? And so you formed this. Yeah, so, so we've actually had charter schools in Baton Rouge for, for over 20 years. Um, some of the, the first and oldest charter schools in the state uh, were actually founded here in the city. Um, uh, CSAL, Madison Prep uh, is a great example. J.K. Haynes uh, is another one. Um, there were other charter schools like Children's Charter that, that is no longer in existence, but, but there have been charter schools before. I think what we've, what we've lacked is is uh, a number of high quality uh, charter schools that have been able to persist over time. And so what what we found, you know, when we started in 2012, 90% of kids living in North Baton Rouge had no school option within their attendance zone, but a DRF rated school. And so if you're a child or a family living in North Baton Rouge, 
your options were pretty slim unless you could either test into a magnet school and, and oh, by the way, figure out how to apply and get through the magnet school process uh, or figure out how to get into a private school. And so again, you know, we saw charter schools, especially ones that had really great track records wherever they existed. Um, we saw an opportunity to help those schools grow to kind of meet the demands and needs of families. And so you've really seen a, a um, ex, you know, a hyper expansion of these schools in the last probably five to six years as we recruited schools, as we identified them across the country, and then we helped them set up here in Baton Rouge. And, and now today, you know, the, the charter schools that we support are the fastest growing schools, both in terms of enrollment demand and in terms of academic performance of any school type in the city. So today we've got over 10,000 students attending schools we helped start. Most of these have started in the last five or six years. And the academic growth of these schools is outpacing magnet schools or traditional public schools. And so families have been really, really satisfied, high satisfaction rates. They're staying in these schools. And word of mouth is, is really, you know, sort of exploding the growth uh, and demand for these, these types of models. So it's, it's basically telling us, you know, what we're doing is, is having an impact of, of giving families uh, a better option than, than they previously had. And this obviously, like you said, this is not something brand new, just a bad route. This is people across the country doing this. I think even we've got some publications down in New Orleans, like New Orleans is all charter schools. You know, yeah, that's right. Charter that's or private, you know, there's, so it's not, we're breaking ground or blazing trails. We're just, starting to really get some traction, it sounds like, you know, here. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, I think across the country, you know, public charter schools are an option, especially for educators that have always wanted to have sort of the ability to run their own school or to really focus on something unique and innovative uh, and to build a team around them that's not controlled by a central office. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times sort of big school systems, you know, they decide who's hired and fired at different schools. This really puts the power at the, you know, local school level between those educators and those families. I'd say the unique thing, though, about Baton Rouge is that, you know, we, we don't want just any charter school. We're, we're looking for charter schools that have really great track records of performance with kids, um, because at the end of the day, if a school is not performing, you know, we don't think it needs to be in the mix of school options in our community. Um, you know, we, we really unfortunately have far too many underperforming schools that increasingly um, are losing enrollment or, uh, you know, leaving these, these buildings really unutilized um, and, and not sort of adding a kind of quality mix to the city. So I, I, we ultimately at new schools, while most of the schools we work with are public charter schools, we want to support any great school that has great results to expand and serve more families. So that includes, you know, magnet schools that have wait lists. You know, we've tried for years to work with previous superintendents to see if we couldn't help them expand schools that were working and that were in demand. Um, and it's only been recently that I think we've found uh, some kindredness to, to begin partnering formally with the school system on some of this work. Um, so we're indifferent at the end of the day. We just want great schools for every family in the city. There you go. And I think, you mentioned, you know, you want good charter schools, yeah. you know, because, you know, there are some bad actors out there, right? They're in some of these other markets. And so is that where you guys kind of are able to 
kind of that vetting, you know, like you said, you're not going to go just anybody who walks in and says, we want a charter school. We found some dirt, you know, we're going to go do it. You know, it's, yeah, it, right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't even say it's, you know, really even bad actors. I, I think, you know, there's, there's people with good intentions that just aren't able to run a school. Well, I mean, you know, let's take football coaches. I mean, not all are able to sort of put the right ingredients together to have an effective program. And so I, I think in this case, um, we, we really are looking for schools that have a, a long track record that is successful, um, that, that really you know, works with students that resemble the kind of needs uh, and, and in unique demographics we've got here in Baton Rouge. Um, and so we've got schools of all types that we try to attract and put into a, um, a you know, a sort of canopy of, of options for for families and so we, we pay a lot of attention to what we hear families and other community organizations say in terms of what you know they're looking for um, and and I think really kind of elevating both um, not just a better school academically but more diverse options for for families but yeah that's where that's where we stand in we, we're you know a, a nonprofit that tries to raise resources to help those schools in their early startup days. Uh, because it, it it takes a lot of resources to start a new school. You've got to, you know, uh, begin to put boots on the ground to talk to families, build trust. You've got to figure out where the school is actually going to locate. You've got to hire a staff typically before you get any of the the sort of public dollars that follow kids to the schools they go to. And so we we sort of stand in that gap of both a quality control and an enabler of those schools getting started and growing in the city. Uh, and then, like I said, we, we've just been really blown away by, um, you know, the, the type of schools we've landed here in Baton Rouge. If we put that on a, you know, the way maybe a chamber of commerce might attract, you know, a Fortune 500 companies, we've attracted some of the top performing charter schools in America, and not just charter schools, some of the best of the best ranked in U.S. News World Report or the Washington Post best schools in America list. We've got several that rank in, in the very top of those rankings year in and year out. And, and now they're doing work and beginning to open and grow their schools here in Baton Rouge. And I can only imagine it's not a quick process, right? Like you talk about, you know, equated to the chamber, yeah. you know, courting, you know, a big, you know, it took us how long to get Amazon here, you know, <laughs> to the day it's, yeah, this is real processes, right? To where you've got, you know, you've identified, you know, this group, knows how to make the sauce you know they they've got it together they can make the gumbo but now we've got to because they're businesses at the same time you know it's not just education it's not just you know state money you know they're having to kind of come in and like you said put their money up and invest in our community and is that kind of where you know that's kind of where you guys fit you know like hey you know waving a flag come look at Baton Rouge we've got good dirt and good people and you know we want you here no, that's exactly right. I mean, I mean, these are, you know, you take, uh, I'll give you two quick examples. I mean, KIPP, uh, which this community tried to attract 20 years ago, it was actually turned down by the school board at the time. Uh, and the, the leader of KIPP at the time then took the school to Helena, Arkansas and created KIPP Delta, which runs some of the highest performing schools in the state of Arkansas. And, and they now have schools into Mississippi. And so we, we lost that opportunity 20 years ago. We finally, you know, the school board now has approved KIPP and KIPP will be opening this fall at Capitol High School in North Baton Rouge 20 years later. And so that took us trying to, you know, reacclimate KIPP to Baton Rouge, trying to, frankly, you know, atone for our, our past, you know, transgressions. <laughs> 
Another is a group called Great Hearts. Uh, Great Hearts is a classical liberal arts school that was started in, in Arizona about 25 years ago, about the same time Basis was started. And, and it's funny, those, those two schools, Basis and Great Hearts, are um, you know, sort of friendly competitors, that they're very different types of schools in terms of their curricular offerings. Um, but both, if you see them in Arizona, and Arizona was a place where a lot of charter schools were created because the conditions were right. They really empowered educators and communities to form these new schools, which is really how schools in America started, you know, 200 years ago. Like it, it really was um, the community coming together and realizing we've got to prepare our next generation. And so we collectively will band together and create this, the educators with the families. And that's that's what charters are. And so Great Hearts, we've been pursuing for 10 years. I mean, since we started, that was one of our first phone calls. And, and at the same time, they're getting calls from governors and mayors and chambers and foundations in you know, Florida and Colorado, et cetera. And so they've, they've opened in Texas and had a lot of success uh, in San Antonio and Austin and Dallas, Fort Worth. And, and now, finally, they'll be opening their first school here in Baton Rouge in, in fall of uh, 2023. So we're, we're super excited um, that we're a little more than a, you know, a year away from, from their first school in Louisiana. But it took us a decade to sort of outcompete those other states about why Baton Rouge was the right opportunity for them and why our community, um, we think, will thrive with them in the mix. Do you see, you know... I don't know anything about running a school and don't ever ask me to, <laughs> but I feel like fun. I know, you know, <laughs> it, it could, I like talking to people who run schools. I do yeah, that very yeah, well. Yeah. I can, I can, I can keep up with the conversation, but you know, I think I can do a little bit of business, but it would seem, you know, I don't have the graph, you know, but you mentioned, you know, we've got 10,000 kids. It would seem like not that by any means do I say it gets easier for you, but it, kind of would seem like it starts to get a little bit easier. Like when you didn't, when you had 2000 kids at one point, you know, in charter and it's like, Hey, here's our growth, you know, here people are like, well, people really aren't adopting, but now it's yeah. almost, you kind of get to that tipping point where it's like, Hey, we do have the data. We do have, um, I'll use an analogy. I saw somebody guy was <laughs> saw a video. I thought it was funny. He was talking about, he was doing like some stock analysis, you know, for this billionaire. Yeah. And the billionaire was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm doing an analysis on the stock. He goes, look, if it goes up and to the right, it's good and keeps making money. If it goes down, you know, and to the right, it's not good. He's like, you don't need to overanalyze this. It's pretty simple. You know, up and to the right is what we want. Yeah. Is that what we're seeing kind of like in the charter school world to where when you make that call now, people are like, yeah, we've heard Baton Rouge, the community. Let's talk. Is a little bit easier. Yeah, and I think it goes both ways, right? I mean, I think from a from a national standpoint, you know, Baton Rouge is seen as one of these these places that um, is, is probably a top five city if you want to grow a public charter school. I think we we've been very intentional about not allowing and not having kind of one charter school for all. Again, I think the beauty of charter schools is that each can be really innovative. I mean, we've got a uh, Helix Aviation Academy sitting at the airport campus. I mean, here's a, a school that is training, you know, future aviators and, and those that are to work in the aviation industry. And that's something that, you know, 
had we left to a central office bureaucrat, you know, no, not trying to be pejorative there, but like, it's not going to be somebody's creation who's sitting, you know, uh, um, you know, behind a, a computer working in central office. It's going to be an educator that says, hey, wait a second, I'm really passionate about this. I see an opportunity in this city. And, and, and we really think this, this combination of a diverse array of options is, is exciting. And so, yes, it makes it easier for people when they hear Baton Rouge today. I mean, 10 years ago, we got laughed out of rooms. We're like, I think that's the capital. I know New Orleans, but where are you? And, and today, people return our phone calls. Uh, and frankly, we've got more schools wanting to come to Baton Rouge than maybe we think we even have space for, which is a good problem to have because, you know, unfortunately, we still have about 170,000 kids in Louisiana that are in struggling schools. And so we've begun to talk to people about, well, you know, there's other parts of the state you might want to look at. And we've collaborated with, you know, some other community leaders across the state to say, hey, maybe you ought to start organizing some opportunities for, for you know, new schools to be started in your community. I mean, parents, and so this is the other side of this. I mean, parents, especially after COVID, I mean, you know, we all became teachers and it is entirely frustrating with, with, you know, especially a family that doesn't have resources or the ability to move, to be told there's only one option for your kid is like, that's not working anymore. I mean, that genie is out of the bottle in terms of parents that are feeling like I want something better for my kid and, and I'm going to go find it. And so uh, I do feel like we've seen that snowball on the community embracing charter schools and demanding it more. I mean, Brandon, every one of our schools we work with has a wait list of some size, some bigger than others. I and mean, we've got basis has a wait list above the thousands of, I mean, more than a thousand families that want to be in that school and can't because wow. there's not enough seats. And so, you know, you start to do that and see this, that, that like families are going to keep driving the creation of new things. And I, I think there's a lot of options on the horizon that are that are really exciting learning pods and charter schools and, um, you know, private school choice. So I just uh, I think we're in a new age that if, if government leaders don't catch up to parents like <laughs> they're already going to pass you by. And and I think we're we feel really bullish on the idea that um, if we keep attracting high quality schools here, uh, parents are going to demand them and, and find a lot of success in them. Yeah, that's, I've been a big advocate for, I shouldn't say like advocate is probably the wrong word. I'm not out, you know, marching around, and, you know, beating my chest, but I've always said, you know, that the school system and the way it's not school system. I mean, this from private to public, to yeah. charter, like we got to change the way we're doing some of this stuff. You know, like the fact that like the number one thing, according to the way we educate a child, it's like they're born on date. Like to me, just kind of messes with my head. It's like, so that's the most important factor is when they were born has nothing to do with ability or interest or anything. Like we need to change this. Like, why is no one, it just seems so obvious to me. Like yeah, I got yeah. a kid who's just crushing it in science and loves science. It's like, let's feed that little guy some science and see what he can do with it. Why am I beating him over the head with, you know, commas and semicolons in English? Not saying he doesn't need to know it, but. Like, usually, like in the business world, right, you find somebody who's really good at something and you kind of feed them a little bit more and you're like, hey, what else can we do here? Yeah. I feel like education somehow misses that sometimes. 
a lot of times. No, well, you're right. I mean, and even worse, I mean, for children that grow up in poverty, I mean, I was the first in my family to go to college. and, And it's because I got to go to a really, or at least I ascribe it to, I got to go to a really awesome high school. It was a selective enrollment magnet. All of my other friends went to our neighborhood high school district zoned high school. And, you know, none of those friends had the same classes or the type of teachers or frankly, just this atmosphere where everyone was saying, you can go to college. And in fact, not you can go like the expectation is you're going to go. And this isn't a defense of college for all, but it is a, I think our education system also puts certain kids on tracks that if they don't come to school ready to learn, they're, they're not going to do much with them. And, and again, I, I understand there's a lot of factors that, that influence a child's ability to learn and grow. But, but I do believe in the power of schools to confront challenges kids may come with and see growth in them, see the unlocking of potential and opportunity. And, and again, I'm looking for schools that don't just kind of make a year's worth of progress that we would expect a normal school, a normal student to make. I want schools that are accelerating student learning and unlocking their interests. And, and we have found schools that do that. Whereas most traditional schools in America, not just in Baton Rouge, but most traditional urban schools don't accelerate kids. They, they sort of keep them where they are and, and don't respond to their unique needs. And so I, I think what we're actually doing now in Baton Rouge is not just with the individual schools that is changing a child's life, but it's the accumulation of these schools, 10,000 students and growing that you're going to see opportunity unlocked for families that have not had that. And I don't know what disruption that creates kind of in our city, but I, I know it can only be good because we were not in our school system, especially for black and brown students, we were not getting outcomes that should be acceptable to anyone. And, and we've got to change that. I mean, when you've got 90% of kids in North Baton Rouge having no option but a failing school, you can't tell me that that means, you know, that 90% of those kids are failures. Like that, that well, cannot be the result. And, you know, it's not, it's not an analogy I tend to speak, and I'm going to get this study. The percentage is wrong. Somebody's going to okay. email me and tell me I'm a horrible person because I can't remember a stat. But it's if you go into – there was a group that went and did a study of uh, professional sports, and it was just this overwhelming – I don't remember exactly how it fell, but, like, their birthdays were, like, 40% of them were almost within the same, like – two or three months, and they went through and found and started doing this research, it was because of the cutoff, the school cutoff. So they were a little, they were like a little bit bigger and they were a little bit older. Yeah. I can't remember who did it. You've heard this where they go through and they studied it all the way through. They were like, well, because the guy, it's not that he, he just was a little bit bigger than the other kids and the coaches were like, well, this kid's awesome. So they lean in and invest a little bit more in time, you know, with the kids. And then the next coach does the same thing. It happens over and over and over again. And I just found that it was amazing. And I kind of equate that to where you're saying it's like when that teacher just takes that interest or, you know, when the school can just jump in there and go, hey, you're going to make it, you know, or you're going to get through here. Kind of, you said, you know, you're going to, the expectation is you're going to go to college or you're going to go to a trade school. You know, yeah. you're not just in daycare, you know, yeah. here, we're moving well, you through a system. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and look, you know, it, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on like large traditional urban school systems, but if you're managing a school system for 50,000 kids, 
I get why it's a lot easier for you as a superintendent or a central office, you know, bureaucrat to sort of say, well, every school is going to be on, you know, the agrarian calendar. They're all going to start at 8 a.m. The buses are going to come on this time. Everyone's going to get the same dosage of math, same dosage of English, because we have to organize across, you know, 100 schools. It's a lot different if you're running one school. And you get to wake up every day and say, okay, I've got 400 scholars in my school. What do they need? And it may be that the kids in this school need, you know, this, this aviation idea, that's the hook, or they need year round school, or guess what? We're going to go from seven to five every day and we're going to feed them dinner. Um, I I don't know, but I, but I think, you know, what, what's going to have to change in education is that you're going to need to push resources and decision-making closer to where the kids are. We don't need a, you know, a monolithic school board or a single superintendent in a Maoist style, you know, like dictating how the country <laughs> is going to work. Like, no, we, we need them to set clear rules and outcome expectations, but let's free up our educators and give them the resources to actually meet the needs of the kids in their school. Because neighborhoods across Baton Rouge are going to need very different things based on where their kids show up. And that's that's what charter schools do, is, is again, the, the real secret sauce here, and it's not that secret, is that families get to pick the school and then the educators get to pick working in that school. So you've got to believe they've all aligned on some kind of common mission and vision about why they chose to come together. And then they're held accountable for getting results with the kids that we should all expect. Are they literate? You know, are they, can they, are they, you know, numerate? Do they have the ability to compete and, and have a successful career and, and not become a high school dropout and not, you know, end up in our prison system? Um, and those are the outcomes we, we've just got to flip in this city. And, and I hope that our accumulated effort will, will create that kind of disruption, that positive transformation for the community. Yeah, you said you were talking about, you know, the different tools and, and it just popped in my head. It's like, you know, think as many industrial, you know, you know, Baton Rouge, everybody, you know, in this city, everybody knows somebody that works at the plant or is in the plant. It's like, why don't we have a school to kind of work some of those schedules to make that a little bit easier? Like that would yeah. be, that'd yeah. make it a lot easier for people, you know, like that's, there we go. So Design out schools of for all families the people and students. that we have that are, yeah. you know, walking into Exxon or Shell. It's well, it's what we say right in business. Go meet the customer where they are. Don't make them come to you. You know, it's right. we've got to do a little things a little bit different. Um, I remember it's the reason we started Kid Scoop News is we started putting it out because somebody was explaining to me that third grade reading levels yeah. are where they take the starting number and then they run the math to figure out how many prison beds you know that they're going to need. And it just blew me away that how important literacy was, you know, at that point. And sometimes we miss the mark. You know, I think they, same person told me, they're like, look, you know, up until third grade, we learn to read. And then from third grade on, we read to learn. And if you fall behind every year, it makes it that much worse. And so we need educators that are going to spot that and say, wait, we've got a, we've got a problem. Yeah. How can I help? You know, right here, this is the problem. It's exactly so, right. Instead of so dude, what is how do people find out? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we, we, you can find out more about us, uh, newschoolsbr.org. 
um, that that's where we're located. Uh, but but we're really not that important. I think what's actually important is finding out about the new school options that are available. Um, we created a uh, in partnership with the state a uh, enrollment platform enrollbr.org enrollbr.org, which is a uh, a one-stop application site. It, it's a common application. So uh, for those familiar with, um, you know, kind of a common application for college, you can apply to multiple schools with one application. You don't have to fill out, you know, if you want to apply to eight schools, you don't have to fill out eight different ones. You don't have to drive all over the city or jump through hoops or get the secret handshake. I mean, you, you apply once um, and you can learn about all the schools there. Now, Brandon, I'll tell you, my hope for the city is that we could get to a place where at least all public schools were on the same application timeline and process. We make it so hard for families to navigate all the different application windows and, and processes that I would love if we could just put in one place, whether that's in Roll BR or something else, it doesn't matter to me, but we make it hard for families to find their way uh, to school options. And, and we, that's one of the things we want to change is we really want to democratize school choice so that every family knows of their options and can access them. That's well, in the simplest form, it's like I told somebody the other day, it's, I don't, you know, as a parent and also publisher of, you know, parenting magazines, it's even hard sometimes where I'm like, when do I enroll my kids in soccer? Like, when does that happen? Like, when is that, you know, and that's not even the real decisions, right? You know, it's, yes. there's so many other things that it seems like we could use a simpler way of doing all this. So, well, man, I appreciate you taking first. some time, you know, to talk to me. Love to have you back, you know, kind of hear what's going on. Yeah, I'd love that. that's where yeah. we've all got to be, right? That's Too right. many people don't think that way, I think, these days. Appreciate it, Brandon. Well, I tell everybody you got more important things to do than sit around and talk to me all day. So um, let me know what I can do to help and uh, you shall be in touch soon. Sounds great.